Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish, and we've got a special feature for you today in the Noon Report. With me is Pastor Wayne Bray, the lead pastor of First Baptist Simpsonville in South Carolina. Their church has baptized 141 people in a single Sunday, and I brought him in to talk about it and to talk about where the Christian church nationwide is heading in 2024. Hello, Pastor Bray. Hi, Sarah. I was scrolling through the news yesterday, and I saw your church on Fox News, and then I saw it on the Christian Post, and then I saw it on CBN, and then the Christian Broadcast Network, and then the Southern Baptist Convention page. You've had a pretty crazy week. It has been absolutely unbelievable, for sure. So your South Carolina church just baptized 141 people in one day, and in one of the articles that I read, it said your average is 35. (laughs) So that's quite a bit of a jump. In that single building, That would be like one in every 10 people in the service. You didn't have that many registered to start. So can you walk me through that morning and tell me what happened? Sure. That particular month, we were preaching a series on the ordinances. And so that message that day was on baptism. And so as the week progressed, uh, we were absolutely blown away. By Friday, we had the 86 folks who had already determined they wanted to follow the Lord in, in believers' baptism. And so it was just the entire week was exciting. And we could tell something special was going to happen. We had an additional 55 people make decisions in the services to be baptized on the spot. So they actually went to counseling for just a short time, 10 minutes or so prior to going to the baptistry so we could confirm. We didn't want people to just make an emotional decision. But the whole week leading up to in the day was just remarkable. It was an amazing day for us. What were you feeling as you're standing there knowing you got about 86 people to go through in the middle of the service and then you almost double that number while you're standing there? I mean, what does that feel like to see all these people coming up to the altar? Yeah, it was remarkable to experience for sure. It literally took, I think, 45 minutes or so out of the service. I should say we went long too. (laughs) Three minutes to give the sermon that day. (laughs) That's right. Some people said the biggest miracle of the day is that Baptists stayed in the room 20 minutes after the service was supposed to be over. So that was a miracle right there. But <laughs> <laughs> I love this quote from one of the articles. It was like living in the book of Acts. It seemed as if we were in the pages ourselves. Can you tell me why? Yes, I know everything's unique based on personal experience. And, you know, I've even heard of far more baptisms at one time. I recently heard of a, a massive event in California where thousands were baptized on a beach. So I know that for some people, 141, maybe they would be like, well, what's the big deal? But for us, I've never been a part of anything that, that sizable as far as that many people making decisions in one day. We've seen a lot of people baptized over a period of a year, but just the, that moment seeing that many people make decisions, for me, it really did. It was kind of reminiscent of thinking of Pentecost, even though I know on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added and baptized. But it was just not that anything's based on feeling, but it was a feeling of you could literally just sense the Spirit's presence there with us that day. It was really special. What do you do after they get baptized that ensures that they're plugged into Jesus? We have just this last year put together what we're calling our spiritual formation team, which consists of four different pastors with evangelism, discipleship, and connections. And all of those pastors serving together under a team leader really have worked through 
producing a system which we we actually, when someone walks in the front door or the first contact we have with someone, we have a system and a process by which we're trying to walk them through a spiritual journey of growth, regardless of where they are on the spectrum. Because, I mean, that's the thing that's so difficult is everyone's Christian experience is different. And some people come as infants, some people maybe have a little more growth in their background, but they have really developed a process that includes mentoring, discipleship, community and growth uh, through groups. I'm just proud of that team. I'm going to take a step back and just look at the bigger picture of what's happening. You know, this one church in South Carolina and all of these baptisms, which is unusual for one single Sunday. But overall, it's been a pretty crazy year for churches and for Christians. I mean, you've got the thousands that attended Asbury University's spontaneous worship sessions in Kentucky. That went on for 144 unbroken hours. You have the Pirates Cove baptisms that you mentioned in California, the record-breaking sales of the Jesus Revolution movie. That film grossed $54 million, and it made Netflix's Mm. top five spot. People were interested in a movie about getting saved. God's just doing a special work. I don't think um, that I'm being a prophet and saying that, you know, the next great awakening is coming. I certainly hope it is. And I'm praying every day that God would just continue to light fires around the country through the power of His Spirit. I do think there's something special happening. I don't know that this is fair to say across the board, but I feel like what I see God honoring in our church and through our ministry and the people that I know best, is a unique combination of what we point to in John 1.14, where the scriptures say that Jesus was full of both grace and truth. And I do think that is somewhat of an equation that the church has lost over the last several decades. You see churches really focus on being committed to truth, maybe with a lack of grace, or being committed to grace with a lack of truth. And I think God blesses a church and blesses a people when they are really full of both. The more we're like Jesus, the more he... He's blessing what we're doing. And so I hope and pray this is the beginning of maybe a a nationwide revival. I do. As Christians, I feel like we're against American culture. And you talk about marriage between a man and a woman only. No premarital sex Mm -hmm. against the woke movement. The last election cycle was vehemently pro-choice. So what's going on in the church? I mean, we're against the culture, but more people are getting saved and more people are sitting in the pew. There was just a study out a couple months ago that we've now surpassed pre-pandemic church attendance levels. So tell me what you Mm -hmm. feel for 2024. Are you feeling a faith shift? A lot of the problem is we say the right thing the wrong way oftentimes. I think it's very possible to share the good news in a bad way. (laughs) And I think what we see is a culture that's postured in a posture of defense and aggression and debate and division. And if we're not careful, I get sucked into it. If I'm not careful, I get pulled into the fight and the arguments and the... when I do really truly believe that the culture is hungry for truth. I believe the people who are away from God, who do not believe the truth, they may not know what they're hungry for, but they need Jesus. And we have the answer. But oftentimes, I think we burn the bridges that they could otherwise walk across prior to their journey. And so the more that we can open up dialogue and reestablish and reconstruct bridges back toward a lost culture, as much as we we shouldn't compromise and we can't negate our responsibility to stand for, for what is right, But I do believe people are open to the truth when we present it in a Christ-like, grace-filled manner, more open to it than they would be otherwise. Why do you do what you do? 
you got to stand on that pulpit every single week and teach from a book that does not line up with what the world says and what our kids are seeing on social media and in video game chat rooms and what we're seeing on TV and what we hear from the culture and the people. What makes you get out of bed and keep going every day? For me, it definitely has got to be calling. God called me to it. I grew up in a pastor's home. And to be honest with you, the last thing I wanted to be was a pastor. (laughs) I loved my dad. He was my hero. But I just saw a lot of maybe what was uh, wrong with the church. You know, I, I would not be doing what I'm doing for any reason other than I felt like God was leading me to do it. And I do feel like my wife and I both are just committed to the purpose. I feel like there's so much purpose to what we're doing as a church in in North America. And it it is going to get harder. I don't think it's going to get easier. But the mission and seeing lives change. Now, you know, there's 141 people. That's 141 people who step from darkness to light, from death to life. And that's worth getting up again tomorrow. What can you say to other pastors and to Christians attending church who just know that they need to step up in leadership or they need to step up in serving to encourage them so that every church and every person listening that attends a church has 141 baptism day? Man, I I just, I would say charge on, you know, don't quit, keep on keeping on and don't allow the the distractions of the day um, to, uh, I guess, to, to, uh, to ruin the mission. Because I I do, I do think that's oftentimes what we do. We, even in, I know we're so many different denominations, but, but denomination, denominations in, in general, I think probably all face this sometimes. Um, it's just easy to, to just talk about what divides us and what, uh, you know, I feel like Christians are against Christians and, and believers, true believers. I mean, like people who all believe within 1% of each other seem to be kind of pitted against one another in so many different debates and discussions. I think if we united and just said, you know, let's encourage each other, let's let's press on, let's press forward. This this gospel of Jesus is what unites us and and we need to uh we need to have uh, a, a consolidated and collective effort if we're gonna, you know, be used by God to to change anything in this culture. Do you think that there are more mega baptisms ahead? If one person is baptized, it's really a mega baptism. In a, in the truest of ways, you know, that's beautiful. It doesn't matter if it's 141 or one or 4,000. Every one of those souls matter to God. And Jesus died for each one, not just all of them collectively, you know, but every single person who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I celebrate if it's one or if it's a thousand, they all matter to God. 